Welcome back, guys, to another episode here. What are we on? Episode six, seven, something like that. I mean, we're we're finally catching catching track here, catching tread, finally hitting the ground running. We're we're making videos, we're doing things. Minnesota left-handers, as always. I'm Brett Relander, joined by Nate. Nate, we got a special guest blessing us with his presence. Utility Sports, the sports mind. The guy that it just everything and anything sports, breaking news, uh, drafts, just anything. I mean, this guy is just a mind of all minds here. Joining us today. Thank you, Austin, so much for joining us. What do you got for us today? Yeah, thanks for having me. There's a lot of golf talk that's been out there, and I'm pretty excited to get your breakdown, both of your guys' breakdown on it, what it means for the game. Is this legit? Is this overblown? Let's get some live reactions and let's kind of talk about it. I want you guys to kind of digest it, break it down for us that don't really have an idea of what's going on with it. So uh, I don't know who wants to jump in first, but let's talk about what's happening. Yeah, I can I can jump in. Good to talk to you again, Austin. And, and Brett, thank you for that fantastic intro. Um, as we know, the live the live tour has thrown the golf world for a loop and uh, everyone's sort of having to respond to it. The, the PGA tour made some pretty dra released some pretty drastic changes um, today. Well, I suppose within the last maybe, maybe 48 hours that is, that's going to kind of entice people to stay entice people to, uh, you know, have some loyalty to the, to the PGA tour. Uh, Brett, I, I sent you a, a letter from from Jay Monahan out to the the PGA Tour players. Do you have that as a as a tab? Yeah, let's pull this up here. Um, just some crazy. This was under your likes, right? No, no, I think it was just a it was just a tweet that I sent. One of the one of the main things, Austin, is that players feel like in the rating show that the top players aren't playing in, together enough. You look at the course of a season, it goes from January to basically, I mean, there's like this weird sort of fall season two, but this weekend is the end of the, is the end of the PGA Tour season. So we've got, uh, you know, eight strong months week after week. How many, how many weeks is that? That's 32 weeks of, uh, of golf events. And the, the top players don't play together enough. And that, Sort of is is one of the bigger concerns for um, kind of the PJ Tour as a whole. You know, it'd be like it would be like in in the NFL if we didn't see every team every week more than just like a bye week, but like part part of the part of the the NFL only playing each week. That wouldn't that wouldn't bring in viewers. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think that'd be kind of detrimental to the league if we weren't seeing Kansas City and Buffalo right now on the, the main regular schedule on a week-to-week -week basis. I mean, I, I think that would have a little bit of drawback, maybe maybe a little bit of confusion on, on who's playing when. Do you feel that's kind of an issue? Yeah, and I think it, it really is a detriment to Minnesota. We got the 3M championship here, which was uh, mid-July. And then, you know, you look at Rocket Mortgage, which is the following week in Detroit. And you don't – there's just no big-name draws there. Um, it's sort of in a lull between the last major, the Open Championship, and um, the the playoffs. And one of the big concerns is that it seems like the PGA Tour is trying to make all their members happy. Well, there's there's 200 members of the PGA Tour, you know, 200 players. When I say members, I mean there's 200 players on the PGA Tour, and it's like you can't keep everybody happy. You're not going to keep 200 players happy. I mean. It just that's that's too many too many ideas too many voices too many different travel schedules too many people to try to keep happy. You you have to keep your your top you know your top twenty your top thirty happiest because what happens when they are happy, the rest of the tour succeeds as well. That's good for everybody. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, obviously keeping your top guys happy in the league, and I think more specifically. Um, you can kind of compare that to the NBA. The, the NBA is so star-driven, so name-brand-driven, and you look at players like you know LeBron James, Kevin Durant, 
um, you know, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, players of that nature. Uh, it, it's really important to keep them happy and, and going with things because a lot of these other players kind of follow Pat. And I think probably is the same, uh, you know, obviously in golf. Right. And I actually was going to bring up that exact example. So I'm glad that you, that you went that route. I, I, I just didn't cause I thought I would just stick to the, the PJ tour, but um, Brett has, has just pulled up the letter for us. Just a, a few of the things that have been changed down there. I mean, if you want to look at the whole letter, it's, I tweeted it out um, at Minnesota left-handers on, on Twitter. They are going to, for, for PGA tour, exempt members now you've got that's the guys who who make the playoffs origin initially so that's number one in the stand in the fedex cup standings down to 125 um they get a five hundred thousand dollar minimum so i mean as the as the as the the playoffs shrink you know you, you're down to 70 then you're down to 30 and which is where we're at now for the tour championship um everybody's making some money everyone's guaranteed something and for that next group which is which is basically 126 to the bottom, they get $5,000 in, in um, travel, like a travel stipend, I guess would be the, the phrasing that they're using to just kind of help with those costs because they're not making every cut. They're not the big stars. They're not getting the advertising dollars. And so they're trying to keep those guys happy and, and around as well because when you're at that level and a live golf comes calling and they're going to give you guaranteed money, there's a good chance that those guys are the ones who would leave. So you want to give them a reason to stay. Yeah, there's definitely those swing guys that are, that are influenced mainly based off of money, just considering, you know, they're, like you said, they're not making every cut. So that's probably, you know, a great strategy on Liv's part is to pull those, you know, those middling guys, those mid-tier players, pull them over with that guaranteed money. And, you know, we had spoke on this many, many times. That's where where Liv has made, you know, the, the big dollars, the big transactions is some of those middling guys that, might not have that same allegiance to the PGA tour. Right. And, and, and that just, this is when you have the, the broader group of people, it just makes for a better product. And I'll, um, I'll, I'll end the, the Monahan letter thing on this too. Dude, these PGA tour players, the Rory's, the Tigers. I mean, obviously those guys don't need the money. But these guys that, you know, the Will Zelatoris, the Xander Shoffley, the Patrick Cantley, the, these guys that are not these huge names that have made their money with sponsors should have a huge thank you for the guys like Phil DeChambeau, you know, Larry Westwood, uh, you know, some of these other big names that have left. Cameron Smith's going to be leaving. You know what I mean? Some of these other big names should be thanking these guys because look at what they've turned the PGA Tour into. I mean, these mm-hmm. guys taking this leap of faith. I mean, granted, they're they're getting paid millions and millions of dollars, an unfathomable amount of money that we can't even think about. These guys are getting paid that kind of money, and they're they're leaving. But in turn, look at what the PGA Tour is finally doing. You know, they were in talks of turning from a, a nonprofit to a profit, so they could get these guys under contract, get more guys money. I mean, even this five thousand dollar bonus in this letter here. You know, just a quote from 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 letter: five thousand dollars for every missed cut to assist the travel costs and other tournament related expenses. That's huge for a guy that's that's a hundred and fiftieth in the rankings. This is a guy right, that's so, trying to make it through through life as a pro golfer that just needs some help to make it to the next freaking tournament. You know. And so you and I, Brett, went to the the 3M Championship, and we watched Austin Smotherman. We watched Matthias Schwab. We watched Cole Hammer. We watched. Um, I already forgot about you know, these guys. What were some other names? What were some other names that we saw? Grayson Sig. Right. You know, these right. are some names. This is that one twenty six to one fifty, where that five thousand dollars does make the difference. So yeah, that's 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 a really important, uh, you know, chunk of change for them. So there we was. Ta- go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was. Oh, I was just going to say that there was one. Uh, other piece of news that came out yesterday, um, going to kind of switch gears away from the Monahan letter, but Tiger and Rory released a hype video um, related to their, their new venture, their new sort of, I don't know, hook 
something that something that's gonna bring golf to the masses, gonna try to increase ratings, and gonna try to um, you know build some excitement around it again. Uh, Brett, you've got that that hype video up. I think it's about a minute long. I, I don't think you two have seen it yet. I'm excited to hear your your initial reactions to it. Okay, just a pre-reaction. Okay, a hype video for me is like the match. Okay, Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson making bets. Okay, or Capital One's uh, thing of you know Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, all those guys doing their thing. That that like that like gets me hyped up about golf. You know what I mean? Because the Tiger Woods is is gone. The last kind of stir we had from that was the Jordan Spieth. So Rory, I mean the Golden Child and Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods, the old the old wise men. I mean, what what do you think about this, Austin? Before we play the video. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I'm still pretty hyped because I think anytime you attach Tiger to anything, oh, yeah. regardless of you know where he's at now, there's buzz, there's draw, whether it's his personal life whether it's him on the course, his name is so polarizing still at his current age and, and performance level. I still go to that. I know like he's built the biggest brand we've ever seen in golf. Not close in, in my opinion, um, just with how well he, him and his team have branded himself. Um, so that's why I think there's a lot of value in it. In my opinion. I completely agree. Expecting Jay Monahan's name. Is this a best ball? That? Is this a scramble? What, what is this? So that's the question. What is it? <laughs> I have no idea what it even is. Like, that's, I, that's, that's my problem with the video right there is I don't know what it even is. It's by design. It's by design, exactly. <laughs> yep. Because we're all – they know people like us are going to be sitting here drinking a beer and asking, what does that mean? And they, this is kind of like – when you get to the end of the book and it's open for interpretation, I think that is very, very similar because it builds so much buzz and anticipation for that next book, that next episode. That's why every popular TV series ever leaves off with a cliffhanger. And that's <laughs> yep. exactly what you're doing. So here's my thought and I mean, there's an interesting twist to this. Uh, there, there used to be a show on the Golf Channel called The Big Break, and it was sort of a reality Tony show where Fino, they would up, Let's go. Do you remember The Big Break? <laughs> yeah. That's where Tony so, Fino got his big star, wasn't it? They, he may have. I, I guess I, I don't know. He, I mean, it's possible because there were some pros that came out of it. It was like a reality show where there would be like these competitions. They would have like a pane of glass, right? And you'd have to like hit a three iron into it like these stinger three irons into this pane of glass, or they'd have like chip offs, like sudden death chip offs. And whoever was the closest would like get voted off the Island or like whatever it was. Um, so I'm wondering if it's going to be that or, and here's, here's sort of the ironic twist in the early 2000s, there was a, an event called the shark shootout hosted by Greg Norman, where it was, it was, it was golf events that, like like a scramble or, or a best ball or, or something like that. And it was actual team events and they were shortened. And, you know, so it, it kind of makes me think that it's something similar to that. And the irony is just that Greg Norman did it first and now he's at live. And it just feels like I hope that they recognize the irony there. New face, 
of the PGA 3v3. We need two captains. One has to be John Daly, dude. I'm telling you, John Daly is bringing the PGA Tour back on the map, dude. He's going to be smoking heaters, just dropping Diet Cokes, just barefooted out on the course, and everyone's going to be just happy Gilmore all over this guy. And then you got the... The, the Golden Child and Tiger Woods on the other side. John Daly's just going to be bringing these scrappers with them and just pounding, just pounding beers and Diet Cokes and cigarettes and just winning it all. I'm in. So, live tournament? Gone. Not even faded memory. It sounds like it's a, it's a primetime thing. It's, a, it's something that's supposed to happen at night. You know? Yes. Yes, 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 Nate. I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to just interject here. But the nighttime element is really interesting to me. How are they going to make that work? Yeah, I think that's going to be – they've done events in the past where um, they've they've brought big, like, stadium lights into the golf course and did um, a, a round of golf under the light. So, like, they could do something like that, too. I don't know if they're going to have, like, some audience, some, like, live in-person audience, if it's going to be like that or if it's going to be, like, a crowd like you normally see at a golf tournament. I don't – I don't know. I don't know, but it's definitely interesting. I want the legend of Bagger Vance. I want cars, headlights, everything on the course. Last hole. (laughs) (laughs) Now, my question is, how – how loose are they going to get with some of this? Or are, are, what 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 does the golf etiquette look like? Is it going to be a little bit more hyped up and everything, like like the crowds getting into it? You know, I'm kind of curious if some of those those norms are thrown out the window because they're pulling out all the stops. Maybe that means certain golf etiquettes thrown out the window for now. Oh, and much like like we, we have with the mats where they're like the, those, those matches that they've had, you know, with Steph mm-hmm. Curry and, and like Brett, you yeah. mentioned where they're one, they're mic'd up. Um, so we get to hear some of the trash talking, but maybe, but maybe two, like a lot more like player caddy conversations about like, what shot do I hit here? Because like golf people love that. And I think if you, if you brought, you could bring in more people with some of the trash talk. I think that would be, that, that would be kind of a cool aspect as well. Let me ask you this. I, I, I you know, I, I'm not, I guess, not close enough in golf or, or follow golf, you know, enough to to really make this distinguish through this this statement. But do you think that, um, like, on the course, golfers like are doing side bets outside of? Um, can I can I pause for just a second here? What? Did you just put a golf glove on? No, no, I don't. I don't golf. <laughs> what are, what are, that that what is getting clipped about? later for TikTok. What do you? <laughs> you know, me not being a big golf fan or anything like that. Would you say that these guys are making side bets on the course? Beside, you know, like without us knowing this stuff, like on the tee box, just going, "Hey, I got I got a hundred spot, you know, farther drive than you." You know, like stuff like that. I'll, it's I'll funny pause you brought that up. It's, it's, it's funny you bring that up because there was an article out a month ago, maybe two months ago, where Peter Costas, who used to like be a golf announcer, um, had on course mid round live tournament bets with Phil Mickelson. You can search it. You can find the article. He would, they had like head signals, like the guy's going to steal third base about like, Hey, do you want to bet on this? Yeah. And they would like signal to each other because he's up in the tower, you know, like by the green talking about it. And they would just signal to each other if they wanted to, you know, make a bet about whatever it was that they were betting. Like, you'll make this putt, you won't make this. But they had like hand signals and stuff. So, yes, I do think it happens. I know it happens. There was an article about it. Nice. I love it. That's what, that's, that's, of course, you bring up Phil's name and gambling, right? Of course, yeah, he'd be surprised. Huh? No wonder the guy needed to go get two hundred million dollars from Lynn. He's got some debts to pay off. Otherwise, he's gonna he's gonna lose his big toe. Um, the next thing. Any any final thoughts on the on the, the hype video? 
No, let's let's uh let's move on. I, think I mean, we've there's exhausted. Yeah, we could talk about that for hours, but you know, what's what's I what I want to know is I have it's it's Thursday, right? Everyone knows Thursday PGA Tour tournament, right? It's the first mm-hmm. day of the last tournament of the year. It is. What and do you know what, about it? <laughs> here's here's well, honestly not very much cuz I don't I actually don't watch that much golf. Golf is boring. Um, <laughs> um, no, do you have the leaderboard up? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's re- It's yeah. I mean, you're looking at it, bud. Who's, who's leading and what's the at? Shoffley 10 under Cantley eight under Zalatoris no. seven under. This er, is wrong. Shuffler. I caught you Shuffler. in a trap. Shuffler. This is what I wanted. This is wrong. I caught I'm you in a trap. I'm reading off your, our Twitter. Yeah. That was, when did I tweet that? The 21st. Oh, dude, come on. Oh, You're killing dude. me, Smalls. No. Hold on. We I just did have, it on purpose. No, Scotty is winning. Scotty is winning. No. I know this. Yes, he is winning. Because we were on Sports Illustrated before, and we were talking about Lee Westwood blasting the PGA Tour enhancements, and, and here you got the second golden child. Extend lead. He has a five-shot lead. I don't know what he shot today because, again, I, I, did, I don't watch much golf because um, <laughs> golf is boring. Um, but golf isn't boring. I love golf. This is the greatest game ever. Um, Austin, I have a question for you. I have, I have an explanation, and, and then I want your thoughts. So okay. the Tour Championship, um, it's sort of the culmination. It's the end. The playoffs are down to the top 30 players. But they don't start with an even playing field. Because oh. Scotty Scheffler's in first, like heading into the last week, he starts the day. He starts the tournament at 10 under par. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I think second place started at 8 under par. Third place started at 7 under par. Down to 30th place, which started at even, if that makes sense. So, like, mm-hmm. incrementally yep. down yep. even. Yep, I understand that. Yep. So there's like a, there's like a breakdown. So before play even started, Scotty Scheffler had an advantage over everybody. Yep, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. okay. How does that make you feel? Terrible. Yeah, so so interesting that you bring that up because I, I had somewhat of an understanding before we came into this episode about that. Now, okay, I see what they're trying to do. Basically, you're trying to equate regular season play to – make that a buy, which I think in my opinion is a must have because what does the regular season matter at that point if you aren't given an advantage once you get the postseason play. So I understand where that comes into play. Um but it, it also you're giving the best guy that many strokes ahead of the worst guys, essentially making that nearly impossible for them to go and win. Correct. I mean, generally speaking, I mean, is, is that what, what do the numbers look like with that? Right. The guy, the guy who starts at even has a 10 shot disadvantage right out of the gate. Correct. Right. Right. Which is crazy, which it's undoable for those guys, but in that same breath, just be better in the regular season and you won't have that big of a problem. So it's a very complicated subject. I'm sure that's constantly tossed around in the golf community about going back and forth on how they should structure it. But to me, it makes sense why they have to do it. Yes, I would, I would counter with this. Okay. Let's I'm hear looking it. back at that, at that uh, screenshot that Brett had on the screen earlier. And Adam Scott is a guy who's starting at even par. So he's starting 10 shots back. Last week, he, I think he topped 10. He played well. Um, the week before, he started playing well. And even the week before that, he was, you know, like he was starting to get hot at the right time, if that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. He, he was starting yep. to win. Peaking I, don't, I, don't, right actually, I don't know that he won, but he started scoring better. He started placing better in the, le- in the weeks leading up to the playoffs, which is what you want. Um, and that's and that's like a that's a good thing, but now he doesn't 
have a chance to win. Like you're just pouring water all over his momentum. You know what I mean? Like it feels like a guy who sneaks in should still have a chance to win the tour championship. He shouldn't be like, I'm playing good. I'm playing good. I'm playing good. Bam. Roadblock. 10 shots. Disadvantage. I agree. I, I agree. Now that you kind of put it in that light. Now, what is your alternative, you know, suggestion to make that a little more conducive for those guys that, you know, come in much lower and some, you know, so many strokes behind. Complete overhaul. Overhaul um, the system. I, th- I think the playoffs, the playoffs should almost be a match play bracket, um, which is, which is again, it's it's a whole complete overhaul of the system. I get that, but it would almost look like March Madness, you know, and where it would start with sixty-four yeah. or whatever number they decide, and it would just shrink down round by round until you have your championship. I love that, actually. I, I love the sound of that. Yeah, I mean, sign me up, dude. You better coordinate that. <laughs> because then Scheffler, at number one, still gets his advantage, at least early, right? He plays the worst guy mm-hmm. to start. And then it just gets it gets incrementally harder as he continues to win. That makes way more sense to do it that way. But, I don't know, just an idea. That's, that's why when you ask me that question, my answer is just, Simply complete overhaul. Right, right, yeah. I, I mean, I would much rather have that than how it's currently structured. And yeah. I, I, I believe that after after this year, you guys, there is gonna be a significant change to the PGA Tour setup. I mean, I, I honestly think, aside from the majors, the, I think we all can agree that the PGA Tour is lacking. I mean, it's been the same for the last. 50 years, 60 years, you know what I mean? Like, right. And a deeper dive into that letter that we played that we talked about earlier shows where that some of those changes are. So you're you're spot on. It is happening. And and you can thank Ricky Fowler for showing up in the Nissan with the flannels and 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 you know, making sure <laughs> golf stuff happens. You know what I mean? That stuff just needs so to happen. happen. It's just it's just, that, it's golf. Is that glove still in your hand? Oh, this 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 thing? Oh, I, I don't yeah. know. I don't oh, know this old thing? thing? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Take this bad boy off. You know, I, believe I, it or I, believe I, it or not, audience, that guy Brett definitely wears that to work every single day. Hey, real quick. Like, <laughs> without getting too deep into it, Nate, I shot a forty-seven today, eighteen par. Let's go. Nice. On and two. On in two, dude. On in two, and I had an audience. Oh, but then you three putted. Okay. Sorry to pour water yeah, on you. I mean, are there. you like Mr. Negative right now? <laughs> That's a big green. That is a big green. It's a very difficult green. There's a lot of structure. Okay, now tell me about your round. Championships oh coming up here. So, uh. Um, the score. I mean, we don't need the breakdown. You know, we only got about five minutes left here, so. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not going to go nuts here. Uh, Shane Bacon, who is a big golf reporter, he's got his own podcast and some things. He he'll generally post a a psycho scorecard, is what he calls it. Um, someone from the from the one of the tours or whatever, uh, who whose scores were all over the map. Like they shot well. Rory McIlroy today, actually, if you go to his card, it would be a psycho scorecard. Um, he had birdies. He had pars. He had eagles. He had, you know, I mean, it was just kind of all over the map. Tri- uh, triple bogey. That was me today. I was on eight of the hole. I was one over par. And then I had a triple. <laughs> I shot a forty. It was it was crazy, man. Um, but that's what that that's what that front nine can do. Front nine's tough. Yes, I agree. All right, switching to fantasy football here, quick before we run out of time. You got your fantasy draft this weekend. I got mine on Saturday. Pebble Creek, we're live. I don't know what pick I'm going to have. We draw our picks 10 minutes before the draft. What do you, what pick do you have coming up this weekend? Oh, see, I don't, I'm not sure I like that. I like knowing. I've known for nope. a week nope. what pick I have. Nope, nope. I hate it. And I do need, I do need your advice. Uh, and I love having Austin this guy up here. here. Yep, yep, this guy I, up here. I, I trust him. Um, he, well, just look at him. He looks like a guy who knows what he's talking about. Um, <laughs> he's got 14,000 subscribers. Of course he does. I have the ninth pick. 
I have the ninth pick in my snake draft. Stay, uh, scoring is very standard. Oh my um, god, he has the best pick. You are you have the pick I want. Interesting, because I have no idea what to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so we're sitting at, at so. And what was it again? How many teams in this? Twelve teams, snake, just like a snake, snake draft. Snake P- um, full point PPR. No PPR. No PP standard league. Wow. Holy old moly! School. Old school. No, we are we are quite archaic. Um, <laughs> we, I've been in this league since 2006, and there have been almost no changes. Like almost wow. no changes. Wow, the so standard scoring. It's been a, it's been a while since I've heard. You know, most times it's it's half or full, but I I like you guys. going back to the roots of 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 you know good ground and pound running backs. Hey, yes. we're we're gonna run out of time here, and I so want to talk a lot more fantasy football. So if sure. you guys are okay with it, we'll end this call really quick. We'll resume it, and then and uh, jump back into one. Yeah, and maybe give us a, at least ten more minutes to finish this up because this this is gonna be it's gonna great. Get juicy. I, I love this get... stuff. Yeah, yeah, dude, it's gonna get real juicy. So are you guys okay with that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, yep. jump yep. To, we'll jump to a quick break and then I'll, I'll I'll resend the invites here and we'll we'll get her going again. Okay. Alrighty. Uh, just kicking things off here, uh, getting back to where we were at um, previous, waiting for these guys to all jump in here with us. You know, sorry we don't, you know, have the, the craziest stuff in the world here. But, you know, hey, we're, we're making do with what we got, and things are good. So we left off talking about some fantasy football stuff, okay? Um, I am big, big into fantasy football. I've commissioned a league since 2013, uh, believe it or not. We got our, ourselves a, a fancy trophy, the ring, the whole kit and caboodle. We do things a little bit differently than other people do in fantasy football, too. So uh, it's a $100 buy-in with 10 people, and 
with with the hundred bucks, nine hundred of it nine hundred of it goes back to the 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 team. You know what I mean? Nine hundred bucks of this goes back to the team. The uh, other hundred bucks goes towards the like the 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 whole league itself. So this week we're having our, our draft at Pebble Creek in Becker, Minnesota. We're all going to meet up. Um, we got a big draft board. So the money goes towards that draft stickers. We got free beer, free, free appetizers, all this fun stuff. And we have this big offline draft. It's awesome. And with our offline drafts, a couple of weird things that we do is, is at the very end of the year, we have this playoff party where right before the championship we all meet up and we have a poker tournament so everyone has a chance at winning some money. Now, the money that gets funded into this poker party all comes from the draft and the season. So during the draft, anytime you go over the allotted time, which is two minutes per pick, if you take longer than two minutes to make your pick, it's a buck. Any transaction you make throughout the season is 50 cents. So some of these guys put up, you know, 40 transactions in a season between trades and pick up and drop and stuff like that. So it equates to about 200 bucks for our draft. So at the very end of the year, if you don't win or you don't lose, you at least have a free buy-in to this big pot. So it's, it's pretty exciting. So with draft season in the air, Austin here, utility sports, Nate has his upcoming draft coming, you know, our mine's this weekend, we don't know our pick, Nate knows his pick, all that fun stuff, it's just a great conversation to have because what better thing to talk about than fantasy football in the light of the preseason starting up here. Yeah, absolutely. So, Nate, let's get back to your question you had for me. Sitting at pick nine, a lot of things going on in your head right now. Where do I go? Uh, some people love the idea of knowing their picks. Some people don't. Um, it, it's a very divided community with that. So pick number nine in a standard league. This is going to look a lot different than what me and Brett have been kind of pressing for um, so far. But I think if you're sitting at pick number nine, a, a big name you have to have on your board is Nick Chubb. The Cleveland Browns are going to be an extremely run-heavy offense despite having two guys that are very, very capable starting running backs, Nick Chubb, obviously, and Kareem Hunt. There's a ton of speculation about Kareem Hunt being traded. Therefore, the workload is going to be going exclusively to Nick Chubb, and maybe their third-string running back, Dearness Johnson, might steal a couple of carries. So in my opinion, round one, you are going to be looking for either Nick Chubb or Najee Harris, another guy, extremely high volume, and he's going to be seeing a ton of it in Pittsburgh this year. So Najee Harris is in the mix. Nick Chubb, get yourself a you know very, very steady running back. And then on the way back, I think that's when, once again, you are going to pound the running back position because I think guys like DeAndre Swift from Detroit and, um, you know, Saquon Barkley will kind of be there on your, your flip back uh, into that second round. So, to me, in these standard leagues, dude, where in PPR you can wait on some running backs because there is some – there's not – pass-catching element and wait for pass-catching backs towards the middle to end of draft. But when you're in standard, hit the running back position really hard. And I want you to drown out the rest of your league and say, I'm going to take all these running backs. Good luck finding a starter. That's that's what I do because I'm cutthroat. But maybe you want to play the nicer guy role and maybe, you know, maybe you would prefer to have, you know, maybe a wide receiver. So let's operate under that idea. You're not going to run. So first pick, you go Nick Chubb. Second pick, you come back. I think there's some viable options, you know, such as Mark Andrews sitting there uh, at the tight end spot. I, I think that's a very, very worthwhile selection um, considering how good he was in Baltimore last year. High volume, high, um, not only high volume, but a lot of targets. And also he's getting Lamar Jackson back that entire season, not just Tyler Huntley, who was your backup. 
Yeah. Um, I would say that I have heard a lot of positive steam on, on Saquon Barkley too. And you, one that you mentioned kind of on the way back, I, I like kind of, kind of drowning the system with, with running backs, you know, like just kind of taking as many as I possibly can and saying, you know, good luck, you know, find some handcuffs or something because I've got all the bell cows. All right. That's what I want. Hey, really quick. I, you guys can see my screen right now. I got standard league, 12 team, your ninth position, correct? Ninth spot. Yes. All right. I in I don't know what's going on, uh, Austin, but Nate, is his is his audio like really choppy for you? Yes, I've got some pretty choppy audio from Austin. Okay. Um. So, checking out twelve team ninth position. You know, just all standard stuff here. Let's start our let's start our little mock draft here and see where you fall. Is my audio any better? Or is it still choppy? choppy? Still choppy, echoing. All right, so Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Jeff, uh, Justin Jefferson, you know, all, all the guys to be expected to fall off the chart here. Okay, I think okay. Me, and, me and Austin both sh- share the same strategy here. It has to be a running back. Now, with running back, you got Najee Harris, who's running behind the worst, the worst offensive line behind the Giants, or you got Nick Chubb, who's going to be splitting carries with Kareem Hunt. At this pick, this is more than likely who's going to fall to you if no one drafts Justin Jefferson or Cooper Cup in the first round, which those would be... In my opinion, the two most questionable picks prior to your pick. Okay, I'm totally cool with with Nick Chubb because, like Austin said, I'm hearing some a lot some of the some of the chatter as well that Kareem Hunt is going to be traded or like he wants to be traded. Um, but like, let's say let's say he goes ahead of that and Jefferson or Cooper Cup falls to me, I have to take one of those two guys, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Is my audio better? I made an adjustment. It's a little little bit better. Yep. Yep. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So in operating under that idea, if those guys fall, which they won't because you are playing in a Minnesota league, 0% chance that Jefferson (laughs) falls. I I, I know how it goes with playing with guys in Minnesota. They overdraft Vikings and that's just the reality of the situation. So Oh, and we got golf guy back. Nice. Let me you tell you what. Let me tell you what's <laughs> going on here. All right. <laughs> Do we know that you're about to make an important point when you put your glove on? <laughs> it's like the weather guy who's like talking about like a storm oh, and then he rolls up his sleeve. The Jag finally now, showed up. The golf glove is on. The Jag fan has finally showed up. You know, Austin's been a fan of uh, Blake Bortles. Bortles, you know that, right? He's the man. Yeah. He's the yeah, man. I, yeah. I mean, like, like 2015 or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, I'm uh, very proud of this team, and I will don their stuff forever here. Um, as long as – if they get moved to London, that's where my fandom ends. Yeah. Understandable. So here's my thoughts, okay? You got to take a running back here because after Nick Chubb, you got Alvin Kamara, you got Shaquan Barkley, okay? Those guys are not making the turn back to you. Wide receiver, you got some. You got a little bit of deep depth here. You got Debo Samuels, Devontae Adams, C.D. Lamb, so we still got uh, some, some good picks. Got some depth. Exactly, exactly. Wide receiver's still there. So if we go running back... With this pick here, and we take the Nick Chubb and hope that Kareem Hump gets traded and with the new QB and all that fun stuff there, boom, we're, we're moving on. So after you take Nick Chubb, you got Najee Harris gone, James Conner. Ooh, that's a, little, that's a little different pick there, James Conner. And then Elvin Kamara, Jamal Williams, another, another or Javante Williams, another, another weird pick. Mark Andrews, look at these wide receivers that fell to you. You got Stefan Diggs, Devontae Adams, Debo, uh, CeeDee Lamb. Now, 
Austin on my take here, I'm taking another running back be- only because Deontay Swift fell to me. Only because he fell to me. Had he not fallen to me, I'd be taking a wide receiver. What are your thoughts? And like I, I spoke pregame here, let's go with the running backs. Let's drown out everybody and get you know, two of the biggest bell cows in the entire league. Um, DeAndre Swift, you got to go get him. All right, I, I, I'll be back. Yeah, Austin, Austin's got to, got to fix some of those, um, some of those audio issues. But Alvin Kamara, he's, he's, he's up against the legal system. I'm told um, there's, there's something going on there. He's facing suspension. He's facing all kinds of stuff. But I'm also hearing some, some chatter about that that he is actually might not even miss games this year because of it. Like it might even be next year that he misses games. So there's a chance that, uh, you know, he, he plays the whole year. Even. And so he's, he's not a bad pick. He's a fantastic running back. Austin, we're just talking Alvin Kamara and some of his legal problems that he's currently dealing with. But it sounds like that might not even he might not feel the repercussions of that until next season. Correct, correct. Is my Sound way better, by the way. Yes, let's go. Crystal Here's clear, crystal clear. Here's the glove. Hey. Throwing it through the camera. Hey, let's go, let's go. <laughs> All right, so let's get down to business now that we're we got some clarity here. Um, I I really think going a running back makes a lot of sense. There's some wide receiver depth that this you know should be some wide receiver depth at your next pick. You're not going to find the bell cow guys. Yes, I agree on the point. Kamara's legal stuff. I took him in my own league, um, so I, I have the utmost confidence he'll play all hey, year. Hold on, back up. What are you guys talking about Kamara for? He's already taken. He was taken 12th pick of the first round. Right now we got – Right, we I, were just discussing that. Okay, no, we're, just, we're talking yeah. right now. Are you taking DeAndre Swift as a running back, or are you switching over to wide receiver so you got a number one, number one, or are you talking – you know, it's 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 right, right, right now – in my opinion, is a pivotal pick in what you decide to do. In my opinion, Brett Relander, I may reach a little bit and go take one Barkley. No, no. Out of here, dude. No. And Austin, tell me why no. Okay, so Saquon Barkley, here's where I struggle a little bit. Saquon Barkley is more injury-prone than DeAndre Swift. I would say Saquon is a better overall talent. Um, Injury concerns. Also, I'm curious if Daniel Jones is as brutal as he was last year. This offense was one of the worst offenses in the league, and I do have some questions about Brian Dable's use of Saquon. If we look back when he was the offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills, he never produced a 1,000-yard rusher. Not once. Now, granted, he had Zach Moss, um, Devin Singletary, and a multitude of other backs that were bad. But I think DeAndre Swift is going to be the, the, the engine behind this team. I would go him. I see the Saquon thing because there's going to be a ton of usage. However, I think it's more valuable in a PPR format where he's catching a lot of screens. That's just me, but I understand the rationale. Sure. Sure. Okay. 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 I, I will definitely. We, we got the buy-in. We got the buy-in. I will keep this conversation in mind. You have, you have my buy-in for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so what is it? Are, right. we take, are we taking DeAndre Swift or are we taking Barkley? Now here's another thing too, Nate. In a draft like this, it this year, anyways, it is super thin with running backs. Okay, you can go deep with wide receivers by even picking rookies that are even going to be, you know, terrific. You know, you got uh, 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 Brees Hall, Tienan, who's who's supposed to be kind of kind of decent this year, even though it's not his technically his rookie year. And then uh, Damian Pierce out of uh, 
Texan, Texans. Texans, who's supposed to be pretty decent, but on a, on a terrible team. You got Javante Williams, who is Denver, right, but also fighting for with Melvin Gordon. You got a, a teeny bit of rookie depth at the running back position to maybe take a flyer on some of these guys like those guys that I just listed. But at the wide receiver position, I mean, you got so many more guys sort of take running back, running back early on in your draft, especially if a DeAndre Swift falls to you after drafting a Nick Chubb. Boom, boom. Because if you miss out on those two guys with your first two picks, you're you're only going to have one starting running back for your for your team. After that, you're looking at a tier three running back. I mean, you're going to be looking at a Leonard Fournette who's going to be losing his shares to a rookie running back and stuff like that too. Or Aaron Jones who's just splitting with a Dylan um, at, at, at carries too. So keep that in mind. Yeah, where did where does your this mock draft have Aaron Jones going? Uh, second round. He's a second round, but like a RB. He's he's still an RB one, but a second round RB one, a tier two. But yeah. his his tough thing is he's going to be splitting carries with uh, AJ Dillon or not AJ Dillon. Uh, no, that's right. AJ. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yep. Dillon. Yep. Yeah. I, when it when it comes to that wide receiver depth, uh, there's a there's a rookie catching passes from Aaron Rodgers too. You know if if. What is it, Watson or something like that? Does that sound right? Watson. Yep. yep yeah. Yep. You know, Austin, your mic you put a rookie again. in that spot, you got to believe that Aaron Rodgers is going to be able to make him into a star, at least potentially worth taking a flyer, talking about some of that depth. He's worth maybe that. And so going running back, running back early is probably the right choice. So back to round three now. So we made the turn. Nick Chubb, DeAndre Swift, made it through all these guys here. A few of the top tier run or wide receivers taken off. Now we're falling into the third round here. We got a couple of wide receivers that are uh, some good lookers. Hey, uh, what are what are you thinking here, uh, Austin? Oh, no audio at all from Austin at the moment. I know my pick 100% for sure. My team after this pick is going to be the armpit of the NFL. That would be my team name after this pick. Kyle Pitts. <laughs> Which I don't mind. I'm sort of there. I, I think he's a good pick. Do we have audio? Also yes, you're good. Really, you're, really and good it sounds terrific. You're crystal clear. About Michael Pittman as well. Okay. Now, let's talk about this. I am 110% sold on the actual talent, Kyle Pitts. Now, I need to refer back to my number from last year because I had criticism. Yeah, and that remains true. He caught, he had 1,000 yards his rookie season as a tight end, unheard of. He caught one touchdown. One. And the offense got worse this offseason. I have some legit questions about that. But that's not to say we can't have some natural progression. We also have to remember Marcus Mariota is the quarterback who has never produced a top-tier tight end. So that's my concern with him. On the contrary. Oh, there we go. There we go. Counterpoint. He's about to make a point. The glove is back on. The glove's on. Kyle Pitts is the only tight end that could legitimately play as a wide receiver. Fact or not fact? Not fact, Um, Darren Waller. I think think Darren Waller is a very fair – Mike Kosicki played a lot of slot receiver, actually, last year. That's That's a true fact. Um, but I don't think he's a legit dude that could do that. Kyle Pitt has the athleticism, the size, the short area of quickness, and obviously the hands to do so, yes. Kyle Kyle Pitts is the most athletic tight end in the league, mark my words. Okay. You have Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers uh, Kirk Cousins, for Christ's sakes. Uh, 
Russell Wilson thrown to this guy? Number one tight end in er, – uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes thrown to this guy? Number one tight end passing, passing Stefan Diggs in, in, in receiver talent as a so, tight end. So who, who's, his, who's his quarterback again, Brett? It's Marcus Mariota. It's the same the guy. Armpit that is quarterback. Dealing, yeah, he's the same guy that's dealing with your microphone right now. Okay, it's it, he has the same talent as your microphone. I understand that, but still, this guy has so much talent. He is a dual threat because not only is he a tight end, but he is a wide receiver. Let me ask you this, Nate. Let me ask you this. Name a wide receiver on the Falcons team. Uh, Roddy White. Incorrect. <laughs> Julio Jones. Incorrect. <laughs> I that, know. That is my Zero point. This guy. Wide receivers. This guy the, the is, is the Falcons. Okay, This guy is the Falcons. If Mike, Marcus Mariota needs to throw a ball, it is going to Kyle Pitts. No, he's, he's, he's high on my list. He's, if I'm going to reach for a tight end, because you have to believe, you have to Reach? Think. It's not a reach. This guy is a third-round draft pick, ADP, third round. And that could be. But which tight ends are better? You've got Travis Kelsey, who could potentially be better. Gone. He's already gone. He's like a yep. first-round, early second-round draft pick. Gone. Uh, uh, Antonio Gates, Tony Gonzalez. Um, <laughs> Tony. <laughs> <laughs> no. I love so, this. Um, God, who, who am I thinking of? Who? Mark Andrews, gone. He's already gone. Mark Andrews. Travis uh, Kelsey, and George gone. Uh, and George Kittle. Schultz, you, you can make the argument for Schultz. You can make the argument for Ertz. You can make the arguments for Godert. But Kyle yeah. Pitts is the offense for the Falcons. Hands down, 100%, I'm picking him in the third round. If he's there in the third round in my league, I am taking Kyle Pitts. I am taking Kyle Pitts, mark my words. Yeah. I think I think that's a that's a decent that's a decent pick. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think we we've we've lost Austin. Uh, just, it might be. We'll give him some time. It might be over. Um, but no, I agree. I agree. I think that 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 that's a good pick. I'm. I end up flying by the seat of my pants after after the first couple of rounds, man. Because no matter how, what you mock draft and and what you think you know inevitably things go awry and you got to figure it out on the fly. You know, you can never predict the draft. So let me ask you this. Cortland Sutton, wide receiver, number one wide receiver, Broncos. Jury Judy is, is his opposite. Russell Wilson throwing the ball here. We're talking about a guy that had a very uh, bright, fantasy football career in Denver prior to having, you know, he had Teddy Bridgewater throwing him the ball type of stuff. So he's entering his third year, um, cusp of a true elite wide receiver, but in 2020, tore his ACL. Okay, so this guy came off an injury, unclear how productive Sutton would be returning to Denison knee energy, but old self... 13.8 13.8 fantasy points, not bad. 27% target share, that's a little low. We're looking for a higher guy, uh, higher stuff, especially in your position right now where we took running back, running back, tight end. Okay, so our next two picks have to be wide receivers. So in a standard PPR, not looking like a bad guy. The only guy they're, they're ranking ahead of him is DJ Moore. But do you know who's throwing the ball in Carolina? That would be Baker Mayfield. Your boy. My boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, so yeah. It's, it's, it's Mike Williams. You got Keenan Allen who's going to be out, out, and, out and about. But here's the thing. We're making the pick. We got a long ways before you're picking again. So you better make sure whatever wide receiver you choose is going to be a number one wide receiver for you. Yeah, exactly. So what's your pick, bud? 
I think it, I mean in in this in this spot, I think it has to be Cortland Sutton. I I love the pick. I'm not taking a fly on um, DJ Moore. Just being, I'm not a first year guy. Cortland Sutton's got a little bit more history. Um, you're talking last year stats. I don't know. It's 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 going to be a toss up. But Russell Wilson loves to throw the ball, so I'm I'm locked in at Court Cortland Sutton. I'm taking that pick with you. Yeah. So where does that leave that that four picks? Yep. So we're in the fifth round right now, and we need another wide receiver. Brandon Cooks. They got him rated uh, top here. But the problem with Brandon Cooks is he's getting a little bit older, okay? Um, he's been around the league for, I don't know if you know, but he started his league out in... Um, uh, with the Rams. Yep, yep. And then he went and played with Tom Brady for a couple of years and then made his change. So he's he's 28 years old. He's not your Michael Thomas, you know, where you're touching... Or Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen? Did you know he's like thirty-two years old? He and I, he and I are the same age. Yeah, we're 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 thirty-two. Yeah, dude. We're, Who would have thought that that guy was getting that old? I'm just I'm just barely you know getting my toes wet when it comes to my career. He's like wrapping his up. So Brandon Cooks, you know, I don't know. I'm not high on him. Not not a big flash guy for me. Gabriel Davis behind Stefan Diggs there, Allen Robinson. Everyone's been talking about this guy. There's a lot of hype behind Allen Robinson. I think he's going to be a bust. Marquise Brown, he's coming off an injury. Um, and an arrest. Yeah. So, I mean, as, as, far as, as far as a wide receiver, and we have to go wide receiver with this pick, because if you look at what's available out there, I mean, if you're going to switch into a, a, a tight or a QB, which me personally, I will not take a QB until after round nine. 100%. There's so well, I think there's so many. And, and I stream a, a QB unless you get the first top three QBs of the league, which is still a guess from the very beginning. It's, it's one of those things where if you can just stream a QB who's going up against a bad defense, you're, you're going to be sitting in pretty good shape. So. Right. Here, here I, th- I think you're locking in at, at, at the experts' uh, agreed number here. Brandon Cox, what do you think? I think that's probably best. We're going to make it all the way through a draft here for you. Oh, I don't think we have time for that. <laughs> all right, let's, got... let's, let's auto-draft the rest of this and see, see what kind of grade we get for your team here, all right? Yeah. Because those first ones, I will definitely, we should come back with it in the next episode with uh, a recap of how my, my draft went. C plus. Hey, look at who your QB ended up being. Yeah, I don't mind that at all. Joe Burrow, Nick Chubb, DeAndre Swift, Cortland Sullivan. I think you're a little weak on, on wide receiver here. Kyle Pitts, Jerry Judy. I don't like the the stack here with Jerry Judy and uh, Cortland Sullivan. No, I don't like that either. Uh, Buffalo Bills defense, not bad. But let's look at your bench here. You got Kareem Hunt. Why are they stacking these guys? I don't understand that. Can I don't like that them? handcuff at all. No, uh-uh. Garrett Wilson with with Michael Michael Carter. I don't know. I I just don't. I don't. And they've drafted you two QBs, so I just I don't see this as being a good a good draft for us. We this would be have to be one where no. we finish it out. But you know them them first two running backs there. I love that Nick Chubb, DeAndre Swift. I'm okay with that. That's a that's a good building building point. We just need to get a couple of rookies in here, other than Sony Michelle, to really take this team off. So sleeper picks yeah, next and, uh, next podcast. And what really sticks out to me about this draft, and a pick that I love, is Rodrigo Blankenship. I mean that matters. <laughs> that matters so much to me. That oh is such a good God. pick right there. <laughs> All right, buddy. Uh, let's just pop up one more thing here, and I want you to bring us through this. Um, what do we got going on uh, September seventeenth? Yeah, uh, as you're as you're pulling that up, I, I got just one more thing I'd like to add as well. Um, follow, like, subscribe to to our accounts. It really makes a difference. It really helps spread the word. Um, we are available on Substack and and Spotify as well. Um, 
you know, if if you're watching this, if you're seeing this this version with like the video, you're probably watching it on YouTube. But we are available Spotify and Sub Substack as well. Um, Apple to come shortly. I'm I'm working on that. So that that's coming up next. Um, but in addition to to subscribing and, and following all of our accounts, come play in our events. This is what we're here for. I mean, we're we love doing this this you know this podcast conversation. It's it's awesome and it's great to have Austin from uh, from a utility sports jump in with us as well. But uh, we're we're this was sort of the, the genesis of this was in these events. And so September seventeenth, we have a lefty righty four ball coming up. This is the the pinkies up term for a best ball event. Um, this is out in Whispering, in Annandale at Whispering Pines Golf Course. So join in with a buddy who is opposite-handed of you and uh, come out and play. You can you can reach me at mnlefthanders at gmail.com to get signed up. If you're on the fence, know that we have payouts to first and second place and one random draw payout as well. Um, payouts will also include uh, certain proxies, skins games, um, longest putt, uh, closest to the pin, longest drive, all of those will be involved as well. So definitely come take a look at that. Uh, you know, if that's something you're interested in, we're going to have more events too. So, so a, a follow on our social media will go a long way to keeping you connected with that. The flyer is on the screen. If you want to hit pause on us and, and scan that QR code to get signed up, that's great. Or again, email me at mnlefthanders at gmail.com. Yeah, it's going to be a, a great time. You know, we're going to have all the proxy games too, the longest drive, longest putt, um, close to the pin. You know, I might have a putting contest, some, some skins games going on, you know, buying mulligans. It's, it's, it's just going to be, if anything, it's just going to be a, a community of lefty righties getting together, having a good time, having a couple of beers, golfing on a Saturday. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, as much as, as, much as we're Minnesota left-handers, and and we are there's a certain fondness for the lefty golfer around here as I am one. I, I think we are these are events for everybody. Uh, we want we want to build the golf community, give give people a reason to get together to play golf. Who doesn't want that righty or lefty? I think I think that's always good. Um, and so I can't, I can't I can't take you seriously when you put that glove on. Um, <laughs> Uh, again, give us a follow and and reach Get out, out to there me and hit some freaking balls, right? Let's go, let's do it. Absolutely, awesome. Well, hey Nate, I appreciate your time. As always, this has been a great time. I love doing this. I can do this every day. Um, you know, getting on here, talking with my best bud, just just shooting the stuff. And hey, you guys, I don't know if anyone understands this, but we're doing this one hundred percent completely live no editing this is just completely platonic organic us just being us and and you guys just listening on in on a, a normal conversation a normal day of of everyday nate and brett so we appreciate it like follow um get out there hit some balls go golfing share it with us let us know what's going on follow utility sports great guy austin over there as always, we appreciate it, guys. Thank you, and have a great night. Yes, we'll talk to you next time very soon. Check back soon for more episodes.